Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to Sunday morning. It's very nice indeed to have your company. It's going to be cold, and they say it's going to absolutely tip it down later on. Up in Scotland, apparently sleet and snow showers. Whatever happens up there wanders down here. It's Manic Monday tomorrow. How do we know that? Because the retailers are telling us it's Manic Monday. Uh, Saturday night with Miranda Hart. Oh, dear. It depends whether you find her funny or not. They're only doing pilot shows at the moment. Katie Piper has announced her engagement. Peter Andre's been pulled apart by the TV company saying he actually has another thing about DIY. Well, you've only got to look at him, the man's a buffoon, isn't he? Cheryl and Mel Beer at war. And Sally the Burke. Yes, Sally Burko is going to be back on the television in that jump programme. Oh, Lord, save me. All of that and your texts and emails this morning. Because it is nice to have your company as we move further into the festive season. Manic Monday tomorrow. Just another Manic Monday. Ooh, you. And you'll all be out there spending the money. Why are you doing it? Because you'll be, you're panicked into thinking that that's what you're supposed to do. For the last two days, I started on... Actually, tell a lie. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I've sat all day on the telephone. But every year, I order chocolates for my brother um, from Lakeland. The catalogue comes through. I order the chocolates and I send them off. Well, I've either left it too long this time round, or Lakeland have cut back on the amount of staff they have manning the telephones or failing that they're just ridiculously busy because I go on the phone. I wait 15 minutes on Friday and I thought, you know, poo this for soldiers. So I put the phone down. So then I tried, uh, Saturday morning. That was a waste of time as well. So I put the phone down and said, I tried yesterday evening when I got back in again. And eventually got through. They always do the thing, you know, we're really sorry we can't answer your call. Well, I've never heard that before. So either they aren't employing as many people over the festive season, or they're just so busy they just can't get round to you. So I go through my order for Christmas sweeties, which goes down to my brother and he can then distribute them. And I'm spending, you know, a fair amount of money, 150 quid on sweets, which seems like a lot. But, you know, you don't get that many boxes, you know, two boxes of chocolates. You're looking at 17 quid anyway. And um, it's uh, it's very interesting that... The first item I came up with was very simple. It's little liqueur chocolates looking like little bottles in a little crate. Uh, and I generally get four of those. And she went, that one's sold out and we don't know when we're getting it back in again. Do you want me to reorder it? I said, no, if you don't have something in stock, forget it. We'll cross it off the list. We won't bother with it. Went to the next one. That's out of stock as well. And there's no data when that's coming back in again. So that was out. I thought, blimey, next year, better, better do it a bit earlier. Eventually, we got, we got round to the stuff. So I probably saved myself about... 40, 50 quid. So, anyway, that was all, it was all done. It's all fine. I love, I love dealing with Lakeland. They're excellent. But I just kept thinking, well, if these things sell out, you need to get more in fairly quickly. They're obviously selling even more stuff. So, when it comes down to Manic Monday tomorrow, which is when most of it... See, some people are breaking up, aren't they, for the holidays. Some people like to have a complete month of doing nothing to prepare for the festive season. But it's going to chuck it down so badly that you're all going to be suffering with it. It's going to be absolutely terrible and that you won't be able to get out there at all. So you're going to be ordering online. Now, online, I mean, I would think now would be a good time to do it. Now would be a good time to order that stuff. And then you can settle back with a piece of tea and toast and you don't have to sort of worry about it. It'd be easy, wouldn't it? You just sort of put your feet up, just go to the computer. Of course, if you don't have a computer, you're up a gum tree, really. But that's what most people order now. Um... Because it's simpler that way. I should imagine even even Jonathan Levi probably does it all online, you know, which is good. He says, um, he, he shame Harry didn't talk about his X Factor musical. Do you know, I specifically didn't want to talk to him about that. Because when he came in last time, we talked about the X Factor musical. And, uh, and to be honest with it, it didn't even enter my mind to ask it. I know that uh, Jonathan's been mad busy. Mad busy. That's a new expression. Mad busy. 
uh, trying to get into the new job and develop new TV shows. Please, just nothing with Gemma Collins in it. Please, nothing with Gemma. Please, nothing with Gemma Collins. I seriously don't want anything with Gemma Collins. They were even taking the mickey out of her on 8 out of 10 cats the other day and saying, oh, the good news is that Gemma Collins has said she's the experience of going into the jungle, not that she actually got as far as the jungle, is, uh, has put her off television so much she's never going to appear on TV again. And then, lo and behold, she pitches up with Philip Schofield, who uses her every day so she can do jungle gossip. She's no diddly squat. The woman's an idiot. Complete idiot. Scylla Black says she's totally deaf now. And she's got really bad arthritis. 50 years in show business. She's 71. She said, I'm, I'm falling apart. I know the feeling. <laughs> I know the feeling of the falling apart bit. It really, it's very... T- I tell you, I nearly fell apart this morning. I, um, I, I was going through the office to go and get myself uh, a cup of coffee. And on one of the desks, no, not our office, it's one of our other sister stations, and we have a big promotional office. On one of the desks were three bottles of perfume. One of them was Jade Goodies, even though it was still being made, and, uh, and the other was, was Katie Price's, and the other was somebody else I hadn't heard of. And so I, I looked at the Katie Price one, I thought, I must have a smell of this stuff, because I can't imagine. Well, do you know, it, it, I think it brought on asthma. I sprayed it into the air, it, poor crack, why you never want to touch this stuff? It smells cheap. It really does smell cheap. It's so funny, because when I smelt it... Seriously, I came back, and I'm sure the after-effects are lingering. Somewhere I've probably wandered into this stuff, and I'm never going to get... I'll have to go and scrub myself. Poor, it was, I mean, it was really... It's called Stunning, this one. It was just disgusting. It was the most... Perhaps, it, perhaps the bottle had gone off or something, but it was so awful. So I couldn't even be bothered to actually... Uh, to actually get round to trying the Jade Goody one, which apparently, according to Jonathan, still sells. Who buys it? Who are the people who spend... I don't know what it sells for, probably... I, I should imagine it's the 20 quid mark. It's the 19.99. The Katie Price one, it's a pretty bottle, if you like cheap-looking bottles. It's for people who quite clearly have never bought proper perfume before. Because when you go out to buy Dior, or you buy Chanel, or you buy, oh, Estee Lauder, or anything like that, it's proper perfumes. It's proper stuff, you know. It's, it's, that's why they're still... In, I mean, how Jade Goody's flogged all these years after her death, I've got no idea. No idea. Somebody must be making some money. Where does that go to, then? Or has she been paid off for it? Because, I mean, she died broke. She had a little bit of money left, but then Jeff Brazier lost it all to the tax man, who was quite clear, you know, because what had happened with Jade Goody was that as the moment she was announced as terminal, they went into overdrive. Ironically, Max Clifford was getting loads of work for her, and so it was to provide money, because up until then... She quite clearly didn't have any money, and she hadn't provided for her sons and their education in the future. So what happened was, I think there was over a million pounds left. The taxman came along and went, she's not paid tax. So they took it. They took it. So she ended up with, with nothing. So she flogged herself to death for all those weeks before she couldn't work anymore. And then the taxman just went, we'll have that, because she's very stupidly not paid tax. It's not up to Max Clifford, for all his faults, to say, have you paid your tax? It's up to, it's up to the individual to pay the tax. If you're a self-employed person, which Jade Goody was, and that's why all these so-called pop stars put themselves into bankruptcy. Because they're supposed to pay tax, but to be honest with you, why should they bother? Why should they bother? Kerry Katona sticks two fingers up to you. She really, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's just one of those sad things of life that people earn the money, can't be bothered to save it, like normal, decent people. And of course, you know, washed up at the age of 22, 23, what do they do? Nobody advises them. Nobody says to them, listen, have you thought about saving your money? They're young. Why would they want that sort of advice? I didn't want that sort of advice when I was their age. I was bankrupt at, uh, at an early age. I remember being overdrawn, overdrawn by £100 in the, £100 in the bank. 
And uh, it was with the Midland Bank. I don't even think Midland exists anymore, does it? And uh, I got a, uh, my parents went up the wall. Up the why, why are you why are you overdrawn? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I re- to be honest with you, looking back at it, I couldn't have given a stuff. Nowadays, I'd be mortified if my bank came back and said you're overdrawn. You know, to the tune of five hundred pounds or a thousand pounds or anything else. So when these people go under because they owe like one hundred forty-two thousand, I want to go around and wring their necks. I'm serious. I get so fed up with it that they've earned if they if that's what they have to pay in tax you can imagine what they've earned and you can imagine what they're up against the wall can't you you know when i hear of kerry katona doing it twice joe swash has done it all the people that go yeah cheeky chappy cheeky chappy you don't pay his bloody tax that's what it is that's what annoys why should the rest of us have to flog ourselves to death to pay tax to keep them going i feel like saying if everybody becomes ill and he turns up to the nhs going you're not coming in here mate go go elsewhere for your treatment this is for people who've paid into the system. This is for people who pay. Not, not worthless little scumbags like you who haven't bothered paying anything. Why should they get the advantage of the free treatment? <laughs> over my dead body, I'm afraid. Over my dead body. Talking of over my dead body, there's a bit of a row going on about Christmas trees at the moment. Christmas trees, because Aldi have now managed to come up with a six-foot Nordman fir, 20 quid. 20 quid. Beth was looking for a tree the other day. Uh, she didn't know whether to get a fake tree or a real tree. She know. Have you bought one yet? You've got a fake one. How much do you spend on it? £15 from Tesco. And does it come with anything? Lights or deckies or anything? Just the tree. How big? Six, six foot tree. There you go. Does it look nice? Bit wonky. OK. OK, but that doesn't matter. You know, wonky's OK. Just sort of prop it up in the corner. And if you make, if you make people sit sideways, put an extra cushion on, on the chair and then they'll, they'll lurch a bit and then it looks as if it's quite normal. See, 15 quid. So she saved all the money and that will save her, you know, 20 quid this year, 20 quid next year, 20 quid, as long as you need it. My mother bought, bought a fake tree once and when she first bought it, it looked lovely. But trying to assemble it. Oh, she'd seen it in a shop window and it came in 400 bits. Each branch clipped on. Well, it just took... You know, I mean, you had to drink while you were doing it. It was the only way you could get through it, you know. And then you had to measure out the branches, because the big ones at the bottom, and then going smaller, 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 up to the top. And it was about ten on each thing. And it was just, and you, oh, in the end, I said, don't ever, we threw it away. Because it looked great to start with, but then it just looked, after a while, like just sort of some sort of naff tree. You can get some lovely trees now with snow on, and, you know, they look bushy, and you put some lights on and stuff like that. But if they can do it, Aldi, a six-foot Nordman fir for 20 quid, that's about 30 quid under the going rate. That's about £30 under the going rate. It's not bad, is it? Not bad. And um, these ones come from Turkey and Georgia. Just when you thought they came... You should, see, do you not think the name Nordman? You go, oh, Norway. No, no, Turkey and Georgia. Interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Uh, the most, uh, most Christmas trees sold in the UK between five and six foot. And it takes about seven years for it to reach that height. And then we go, and we cut them down. But they're all over the place, Christmas trees. But make them, if they've got that bagging on, make them take the bagging off. You need to see the tree, you know, out and push the branches down so you can see what it looks like. That's the only way that you're ever going to see what your finished tree will be, uh, will be looking like by the time you put the lights on and the decorations and stuff like that. Quarter past six. See. But they will do it. It's a very exclusive... Sorry, we're talking about where you buy... But the producer's got this drink problem. So where, where can I get booze from at this time of the morning? <laughs> I promise, says Jonathan, nothing with that dreadful Gemma woman. I mean, really, they took the mickey out of her on 8 out of 10 cats. Uh, the Kelly Brook perfume audition is available in all good savers stores, plus the Christmas gift set. <laughs> 
Why would anybody want to buy that stuff? You know, if I'm going to buy something, I want an established perfume. I don't want to buy any sort of cheap roughshod stuff. It'd be like, you know, Sam Fahir's has brought out a perfume. I mean, you know it's crap to start with, don't you? It's a bit like buying from the jewellery companies on the television, and you know what I think about that, don't you? There's the other day... They were, they were sort of, what were they saying on the television the other day? I turned on and I, I get so angry watching it because they're selling garbage. They say, oh, and this is Tanzanite. It's so special, 1999. Obviously not. It's obviously cheap rubbish that they're flogging to the chavs. It's the sort of people who buy, oh, look at the size of this stone, goes this bimbo. It really is dreadful. It, I mean, it just really drives me mad. Just drives me mad. But, uh, you know, that's what it's there for. It's supposed to be entertaining. But it's never entertained me. I just get angry that they're ripping people off. You know, mind you, I suppose, if they're selling something for 20 quid, it's when they put this other price up there. What's that up there for? That's to deceive people. That deceives people on the jewellery places. You know, you go £1,600, and then all of a sudden, twenty nine ninety nine. Well, do me a favour. Goodness sake. They're, they're still making, uh, making a profit. Kay is in Hitchin. Just thank you for another year of fun listening. There you go. That's nice, isn't it? And uh, this was a nice one from uh, from Sandra, a fan always. But uh, I got a card actually from somebody. Uh, this is from uh, from Joan in Landon. Do you remember Roger Foss used to do our theatre stuff years ago on LBC? Well, Roger uh, then moved up to Manchesterford, and he says uh, still writing for the stage, and he's got a book coming out on showbiz during World War One, and that comes out in October. So October twenty, good God, October twenty fifteen. So he's got a book on showbiz during World War One. So that'll be good, won't it? So we'll look forward to that. And if he writes to us nearer the time, I shall remind myself. But I should. You probably better go on to uh, Amazon and pre-order. It's so useful, Amazon. If only somebody would write a book about. So you want to be in show business? If only somebody would write a book about that. That would be so handy, wouldn't it? You know, and then you could go onto Amazon and maybe pre-order it, you know, if you typed in, so you want to be in show business. I mean, a book like that would be a godsend for the new year, wouldn't it? If you're thinking about being a famous person, you want to know the pitfalls, and you want to know exactly what you have to do to, to maintain it. Because many of these people who appear in the papers don't actually make any money. But as long as they're in the papers, their agents try and convince them that they're heading in the right direction. But eventually they, they get caught out. Still waiting, by the way, Gemma. Collins, if you're listening, still waiting to hear the charities that you've given your fee to from I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Still waiting for that, love. You know, it'd be nice if you named them, wouldn't it? I'm going to keep asking throughout the year, so you better get used to it, because I want to know which charities are going to benefit. No good saying just uh, charities with starving children. Which ones would those be? Do, do let us know, and then we'll be checking with them how much money's handed over. I want to make sure that you're keeping to this, uh, this promise. You made it. We didn't encourage you to do it. You did it all by yourself, but only after you got the bad publicity. So uh, let's see if you can be honest for once in your life. OK, as opposed to being that nasty, foul-mouthed person we see on the television. Uh, Prosecco is on tap now. Always has been. Four quid a glass. Dozens of... Bu- you see, I'm telling you, I start a trend, the whole country picks up on it. Now people are going into bars and going, Steve Allen mentioned Prosecco, can I try some? And so people are going, really? Uh, have, have we got that old bottle of Prosecco that we bought in six years ago? Somebody's, some bloke on the radio keeps saying Prosecco's very good. In fact, it's so good that even Bryn and Annie over in France went out and got a bottle. They're a little bit addicted. A little bit addicted to Prosecco. I had some yesterday. I mean, it does date back to ancient Rome. And, you know, supermarket prices, I think two bottles for 16 quid in Marks and Spencers. It's cheaper than champagne. Cheaper than champagne. And ice cold, it's delicious. Uh, unlike champagne, Prosecco doesn't ferment in the bottle. Have you seen them doing champagne? But I, see, I don't know how they made champagne until I saw a thing on the Food Channel where they went to this company and they put in the wine, it's wine, and then they put in this fermenting stuff and 
And then they sort of, there's something like 50 million bubbles in a bottle. Oh, no, really, rubbish. And then they sort of put something else in on the top, some sugar or something. Then they cork it, and then it stands up, and they leave it there for six months, and then they turn the whole case to the side so that it all then mixes. And that's how they do champagne. So it's, it's all sort of, it's kind of artificially done. Whereas, in fact, you have to drink Prosecco as young as possible. I mean, it's quite sweet. It's about half a teaspoon. Is there really half a teaspoon in every glass? Oh, God. Oh, dear. Uh, but anyway, it is delicious. It is delicious, and I, I love it. One of the great wines. Apparently, Pliny the Elder. Remember him? No, I didn't remember him either. But apparently he was one of the great wines and dignitaries. Believe drinking it gave them longer life. Thank God for that. Keep drinking more, Stephen. So, Prosecco, you go into any bar now. I've been into no end of restaurants. And you can have a glass of Prosecco. Be very careful. If you're buying Prosecco in restaurants, they make a smaller bottle. And sometimes you think, oh, that's good. I'm paying 20 quid because you have to pay corkage uh, on a a bottle. And you get smaller bottles. I've been a bit bit miffed by things like that because I'm used to drinking, you know, the nice-sized bottle. But it's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. I absolutely love it. So there you go. That's my, that's my recommendation for Christmas, which is good. 84850, uh, Another one here says, uh, yes, Julie, absolutely. Looking forward to, uh, briefly, briefly. Uh, great article about Jonathan Shallot in the Express yesterday, says Howard. Regular listener to this programme. Mind you, we, we get uh, him, we get Phil Day, we get all sorts of people on this programme. <laughs> all sorts of people who listen in. People in radio listening to this programme as they're coming in to do their, their radio programmes themselves. Mainly because it's easier if Steve Allen goes through the papers than, uh, than if they have to sort of pick them up and go, them, go through them in the office. Uh, so we've, we've kicked out, I'm assuming, Kendra from the jungle. That nasty old baggage from America who apparently was in the Playboy mansion and had to bed Hugh Hefner. I mean, most people feel somewhat queasy at that. I mean, she's a bit of an old tart. You know, she's done stripping and lap dancing. I don't know why we should sort of think any different of her. But she's foul-mouthed, disgusting, absolutely foul-mouthed. And you have to make her up to make her look anything reasonably interesting. She says, Edwina's a bully and a coward, rich from Kendra. Sooner this dreadful old baggage goes back to America, the happier we'll be. Talking of dreadful old baggages, Kim Marsh is going to get wed again. This is husband number three. Uh, Kim Marsh is uh, 38. And uh, her, her new husband, albeit for a brief period, is called Dan. Uh, I say I say a brief period because judging by her track record, she can't actually keep it, you know, for very long indeed. So obviously there's something the matter. He's a personal trainer for that read. Oh, God. A personal trainer. What do you do, love? Personal trainer. Lovely. How exciting. And uh, he whisked her away for a romantic weekend. So obviously not very busy at the moment. And I thought coming up to Christmas, uh, personal trainers would be, uh, would be in great demand. Mind you, better than marrying a hairdresser, I suppose. Sally the Burke. Yes, Sally the Burke is going to give her husband the shivers again. I think she said to him, listen, I've sat here on the sidelines for ages. I've done what you've said. I'm now doing a television programme. So, unfortunately, the woman with so little personality, she makes Andy Pandy, Lulu and Big Ears look entertaining, has decided to appear on The Jump. And uh, apparently the last time was three years ago when she appeared on Celebrity Big Brother. She's not a celebrity. She's a rather silly little show-off, I'm afraid. A bit of an embarrassment. Uh, Also appearing uh, is, uh, I believe, Mike Tyndall, husband of Zara Phillips. How embarrassing. He must really need the money. He must really need the money. Do you think they're going to be able to say to him, right, you do this, he's going to go, who do you think you're talking to? I'm married to Zara Phillips, OK? And we know how, how aggravating she can be. So now Sally the Burke as well. Oh, God, I thought we'd seen the last of her. 
Here comes the bride. Third time she's tried. Yes, lots of pictures of Kim Marsh. Apparently she's the happiest she's ever been. Of course it is. Every time she goes out, she takes a photographer with her and they take a picture of her looking happy. It's when they sit at home by themselves and the light has turned off and it's become a little bit faded. I mean, let's face it, her whole life is a bit like a soap plot, isn't it? She goes out with Jack Ryder, uh, love Jack Ryder to bits, and um, she literally, I think, educated him in the art of whatever it was. And, uh, and then he sort of fell for that, took her out, and he was all loved up. She just wanted to get a name for herself. You remember when she appeared with Hearsay, they didn't want her. And uh, somebody else dropped out. Somebody was too young or something like that. So they go around and they get her. What does she have? She has a child, but she dumps it on her parents to pretend she doesn't have a child so that she could get into the group. She's quite devious. Don't ever underestimate her. Oh, yes, 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 yes. She knows exactly what's going on. So as I say, husband number three, expect four and five to follow fairly quickly. And that's not me being sort of bitter in any way, shape or form. I'm just being realistic, judging by her track record. So far, it don't look good. Um, apparently people buy dogs a Santa gift every year. I don't know why, but they just do. Pets do very well in the Christmas stakes because people go out there and they'll wrap up a ball or a squeaky toy or a, a mouse. In fact, I'm even seeing adverts now for a thing to keep cats entertained. And it's a round thing and it's got a moving thing underneath it. And so the cats chase it. But you know what cats are like? Oh, bored with that. And, uh, and then they go and sit down, then they go to sleep again. Then they wake up and they go and look at their bowl and go, food, food, hello, I'm waiting. A bit like the babies outside, what a link. Outside Claridge's the other day. Did we not predict it, ladies and gentlemen? Did we not predict last week on the programme, when we had the mother, you remember, and she's very media savvy, she was on every programme under the sun. Oh yeah, I took my mum and dad down. She had the word professional stamped all over her. So she goes in, you know, I mean, I shouldn't imagine Claridge's have ever seen anything like it. What's she doing? She's breastfeeding. Where? Get it to cover up, please. This is Claridge's, for God's sake. It's not some sort of, you know, old chav thing, like, you know, Pizza Express or something like that. And, um, and so she is asked to cover up, and she's pictured smiling. It's all staged. The whole thing is staged from start to finish. She's taken her mother and sister there to add a bit of credibility to it. So Claridge's, you know, when she sort of kicks up her little screaming match and she cries and does the whole bit, you know, hormones obviously all over the place. And I said at the time, I bet you anything, bet you anything that there's going to be a protest outside there. And out they came. The women who had starved their children overnight, quite clearly, so that when they all got there, the kids wanted to... Because otherwise the kids are going, I don't want to eat. I re- Go away. Take them away. I don't want to eat. But these kids... Are like, I mean, how to find 150 women whose kids... 125. Whose kids... Sorry? Tw- just 25 people. Oh, only just 25, is it? Oh, dear. It was rather feeble, actually. There wasn't a rather low turnout there. 25 women, even so, the odds are stacked in their favour, whose kids all wanted feeding at the same time. And they all happened to be outside Claridge's. Isn't that absolutely unbelievable, girls? That 25 women would all turn up. They don't know each other, although I suspect they're all from the same website. And all their kids wanted feeding. I think they went, the press are here, get your mouth round that. And the kids go, oh, 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 oh. You know, because that's what kids are like. They do. I want to go to sleep. No, we're sitting on the pavement. We are women. Get your breasts out. Whoopee! You can imagine around Claridge's, they're going, what in God's name is that? It's natural. Well, I'm just going to have a wee right in front of you, because that's fairly natural as well. 
You know, it's, it is it is that joke, isn't it? It is that joke. If I was sitting in a restaurant and somebody started breastfeeding, I would actually say, look, it's very sweet, love, and I'm sure you're being terribly brave and the kid needs feeding, but I just don't really just don't really want to see it here. You know, I'm trying to eat my food. Sorry about that. Otherwise, we'll all sit here start naked, shall we? You know, shall I have sex at the table? You know, would that amuse you? That's a fairly natural thing as well. So 25 people sit out there and breastfeed, as we predicted. Claridge's are saying, listen, we don't have a problem with breastfeeding, which they don't, but they like... You can tell what these women are like. They like to make a statement. They're husbands, yeah? I'd like to line up all the husbands and see just which ones look wimpy, as I suspect it's probably quite a, quite a number of them. She's out again, but I'm frightened to say anything. You know, that's what, it, that's what it's roughly like, isn't it? Uh, Paul O'Grady, apparently, has got a very nice range of dog collars and leads and accessories available at Pets at Home. There you go, you see. Thank you, Jonathan. It's 6.30. Well, apparently, uh, Barbara says it was two kids that Kim Marsh denied to get into here, so, yeah. I mean, she's, she's very devious, very devious. Uh, Steve, uh, why wasn't Barbara Windsor considered for a damehood as opposed to Joan Collins? Nice though she is, Joan spends most of her time abroad. Barbara is here. She's full-blown British through and through. If you cut her down the middle, it'll have the word London written all the way through her. All the way through, like a stick of rock. So she should have been made a dame. In the same way, Ronnie Corbett should have a knighthood. He should be Sir Ronnie. Loads of other people have had it. Ronnie Corbett deserves it as well. He's good as that. I mean, how old do you have to be in this country to get something? Come on, pull yourselves together. Uh, apparently, says Christine, they've been claiming Tanzanite's been running out for years and still it comes on all these shows. I know, and it's so cheap, isn't it? You know why? All the people who mine it get diddly squat, you know, even though they try and take... But the, what they do is they, they indoctrinate all the presenters on there who mainly look as though they're failed lap dancers who sort of sit there on these television programmes and go, oh, look at... Oh, if you see this on the website, let's have a look at this one. And I'm thinking, twenty nine ninety nine, sixty nine ninety nine. I can tell you the prices of me before they've done it. Even though it put up one... What was one of the ones they put up the other day? £13,600. I thought, this is real top-end jewellery. What did it come down to? 199 quid. Because quite clearly, the people who are buying it believe that it's actually worth the £13,000, which, of course, it isn't. It isn't, but, of course, the time you've got it, you go, oh, that's a bit of pretty rubbish, isn't it? But they buy it. They shift tonnes of this stuff. But there again, that's why markets are fairly popular. Markets are fairly popular. Uh, somebody says, why don't you recommend your Prosecco to the House of Lords as it won't uh, cha- charge caterers for a lesser vintage of wine? Do you know I defy anybody to drink Prosecco and go, how much do you think that is a bottle? They've got it in Iceland, a five or a bottle. I haven't tried it yet. It's in the boot of the car. But apparently, according to Elaine, who I bumped into the other day, she said it's lovely. Um, another one here, which says... Uh, I've seen that toy for cats. I was going to get it for my cat, Dennis, till I got him a laser pen on recommendation by a friend. Yes, I mean, laser pen. You've got to be very careful with laser pens. I've got... Yeah, it, it drives them crazy because... It, and in the end, the cat is going to turn around and it's going to kill you. OK? Don't mess with the moggies. Don't mess with them. I've got a laser pen. I brought it, uh, bought it in China. And actually, to be honest with you, it's, it's a laser pen, but it was a magic trick. Okay, that's all I can... Ex- I can't tell you any more about it. Anyway, this is the most powerful laser I've ever had in my life. I, I shone it from the upstairs window of our office. It hits the other side of Leicester Square. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. With a, a, a line. A str- You've never seen like it. This thing, and it's only about the size of a small mobile phone. But it literally hit the other side of Leicester Square. I could hit cranes, and that's why people aim them at planes, and it's very dangerous. I'm a responsible person. A responsible person. Oh, look, here we have... Uh, oh, look, it's Sam for here's on holiday again. Oh, dear. Obviously, that nice tan to sit all by yourself at home over Christmas. 
No friends. No boyfriends. Nobody at all. Joey Essex and her. Never was a relationship. I don't believe anything was happening there. But she's on holiday with a friend in Dubai again. And luckily they, they took a photographer there. Which was lovely, wasn't it? Somebody called um, Bear Media. So they've obviously bought the picture. So they take a picture. Then they go, do you want to buy it? And then that's how it works. Tony Parsons talking about uh, Ed Sheeran. With, surrounded by all those girls from Victoria's Secret. And I said, honestly, he just looks so... Oh, my God. <laughs> it was the funniest picture I've ever seen this week. I love it. Kim Marsh says she wants to be the next Elsie Tanner. What, dead? God, blimey, don't want that, do we, really? Uh, more like uh, the pricey, I think. She's looking... I mean, the trouble is, it's just a bit naff, actually. It is a bit naff. Uh, pop star, pop failure, Dane Bowers, uh, has been dumped by his fiance after photographs of glamour models he was apparently ogling online were sent to her phone by iCloud. Oh, dear... Poor little Dane Bowers, honestly. What is he to do with his career? What is he to do? I don't know. He hung around with Victoria Beckham. Then he produced one of her albums. Thank God she never sang after that. And um, and then, you know, her, it, his, his fiancé sent him things, says, when you want to mess about, make sure your iPhone isn't linked to the same account. Oh, dear. Well, once a, once a silly boy. Always a silly boy, I'm afraid. So, Playboy model, Sophia Carhill. Playboy. 30, my God, she's a bit ancient, has moved out of the couple's home after discovering the X-rated profiles. Oh, dear. Oh, I mean, what can we do about Dane Bowers? I don't know. But he had a hit song with Victoria Beckham. Then a sex tape with Katie Price was leaked all those years ago, which kind of gave you a rough idea, if anybody ever saw it, why Katie Price can't keep men. I mean, she's... I mean, I'm not... The trouble say this on a Sunday morning. It grieves me to tell you this on a Sunday morning. But, you know, if you portray yourself as somebody sexy, then you would think that, you know, in the bedroom, the bedroom, you would be absolutely, you know, swinging from chandeliers and shouting Geronimo from the wardrobe. Katie Price is like some wet fish. Just not, I mean, really a disaster, a total disaster. You've never seen like it, just really awful. And then when that, that sort of film came out... You know, people showed it to me. I sort of looked at it, and I remember thinking then, I'm not surprised she can't keep men, because they go, oh, Katie Price, she's going to be a wow, isn't she? She's a glamour model. She's just a sad old woman with lots of children who sits there Googling herself at home. We know that, because they've all told us about it. Shame, really. Anyway, I didn't realise that um, Dane Bowers had got married in 2007 to somebody called Chrissy Johnson. He goes for that sort of, that sort of person, so I'm assuming she must be glamour model type. Then they split... And uh, then he went on to Celebrity Big Brother. He came second to Alex Reed, which shows you what a lacklustre blooming lineup it must have been at the time. And so now he, um, he's got nobody. Nobody to spend Christmas with. But actually, to be honest with you, I think that's quite a good idea. What do you want to spend so much money over Christmas, you know, knowing that the relationship will fizzle out by the January? Uh, X Factor star loved me for years, claims Krista. And uh, this is uh, Mel B's former lesbian lover. Do you know, the funny thing is, when this came out, I wasn't at all surprised. There were always rumours that Mel B was a lesbian. I'd never heard any other rumour apart from that. And then she'd been out with these men, but really she secretly fancied women. And this is a woman she went out with for four years. She's a mum of two. It's always mums of two. They get to be sort of mums of two. I seem to remember every time we had Wimbledon, Martina Navratilova would parade yet another lesbian lover sitting in the box, who'd be sitting there. And they generally had children. They generally, it, was, it was a bit of an odd situation. So Mel B is apparently still at it, even though she's wed Stephen Belafonte. It's hardly the butchest thing I've ever seen. And so they have these sort of relationships, and then one sells a story and goes on television, yes, I'm a lesbian, and the other one, 
uh, goes, you know, I was her lesbian lover. And I'm thinking to myself, does it really make any difference? Is anybody particularly bothered who Mel B goes out with? I mean, I don't, I don't quite get it myself. I suppose it makes her an interesting write-up in a Sunday paper, but that's about as far as it goes. Does anybody really care whether this woman went out with her? No, I don't think so. Uh, in Enniskillen, in County Fermanagh, you can get six bottles of Prosecco for 25 quid. I love it, but I keep drinking it. Well, it's meant to be drunk. It's a young drink. It's meant to be drunk. It's a, it's a young drink. So you buy it, you keep it in the fridge, it chills down, and, um, and then you drink it. And it goes with just about anything. Other Prosecco, mainly. Poor little James Argent has gone into rehab to curb his partying ways. Uh, he's a little bit old for partying ways, but here he is. He apparently wants to win back Lydia Bright. God. I mean, that's how desperately sad. I'm not surprised he's in rehab. They're trying to get him out of that one. You don't want to go out with it. You don't want to go out. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. But apparently, uh, the source says he wants to win Lydia back too. Well, she's just hanging around waiting for anybody, dear, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it. Seeing his mates like Mark Wright settle down has made him realise he needs to grow up a bit and stop acting like he has been. He wants to prove to her he's husband material. Oh, God. Don't be so stupid. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, Christmas Day in rehab doesn't sound like a barrel of laughs. Well, they've sold the story, haven't they? Otherwise, where would they get that story from? They get it from the agent. He's going into rehab. Good. Couldn't care less about him. Man's an idiot. If he's guilty of all the things they've said, he should be kicked off the programme, which I believe he doesn't feature on the Christmas edition. But sadly, Gemma Collins does. That's always a bit uh, bit disappointing. Any programme that features Gemma Collins, I'm afraid, I want to throw things. I want to throw things at the television. Here's uh, Ellie Goulding and Dougie Pointer. About one of the times we've not seen him throwing things at people. He became very aggressive outside the Chilton Firehouse a short while ago when a photographer wanted to take a picture of him. Um, we know he's had issues in the past, but uh, they seem to be getting on quite well. They've kind of got matching woolly hats on. Have you seen the odd selection of hats that are being worn around town? Now we've got colder. These things from Norway are the oddest. They've got sort of bits hanging off and they're... I mean, it's, uh... Oh, do well, did he? But anyway, here they are looking uh, like two peas in a pod. But he always looks as, they always look miserable as sin. You should get all these celebrities out there. I know you can't go around smiling all the time because that would be silly and you'd be arrested by the police. Because, you know, you want to see normal people. But every time you see these people out there, you think, come on, smile. Look a little bit happier. Look a little bit happier. Uh, Louise Mensch talks about uh, poor old Russell Brand. Deluded and a fool, most of the other papers have said. Uh, nobody's bothered with him. They think that he's, uh, he's well past his sell-by date. The trouble is, because he's a bit... Over the years, people have indulged him. That's the mistake. People have indulged him. You know, they've gone, you're very funny, you're this and you're that. And, uh, and then when he was asked a perfectly normal question by a reporter, silly little Russell Brown flies off the handle and all he's got himself is a barrel load of trouble. He's now not funny anymore. He's not, you know, he's not anarchic. He's nothing at all. He is the man with all the money in the bank who thinks he's doing something. He's forgotten that he's so rich now, he alienates most people. He talks gobbledygook. He doesn't make any sense for years and years. It's the ramblings of somebody who is past his sell-by date who isn't even funny anymore. And that's the worst thing you can say about a comedian. He's not funny. I know some people like him. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. But unfortunately, he's a very discredited brand. He's a very, very silly brand. And there's nothing you could do about him. You just have to let him sort of implode and do it all by himself. Uh, or failing that, if he really wants to make a difference, why don't you give away your £12 million fortune to the poor? Why don't you give £12 million to charity? I bet he won't. I'm fairly safe in saying that, because you and I know damn well that once he's got his money, he's going to hang on to it. He ain't sharing it with anybody. 
84850, steve at uk. Um, Barbara, I don't know, she's been married for, I forget how many years now to Scott. Long time. But she should have got a damehood. I know she's got the other bits and pieces, but she should get a damehood. Seriously. If they've given it to Joan Collins, Barbara Windsor is British through and through, and that's what we're supposed to be representing, aren't we, with these awards? It's supposed to be people who've supported... But, I mean, you won't find anybody more British. She couldn't be more supportive of, of the capital of London and of, you know, just everything. She represents everything. Absolutely everything. So that would be a nice thing, wouldn't it? Well, keep our fingers crossed. Quarter to seven. Steve Allen on LBC. So it's morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's uh, Sunday morning. It's going to get very wet. Neil says it's going to get very, very wet. So it's a case of... So I'm just crunching up the rubbish in the studio. Try and be tidy. Uh, despite Iceland headquarters, says little Judy, telling me they were having more luxury mince pies delivered. Not one. No, we've had nothing in our area either. Nothing. And friends have been keeping an eye out. Haven't seen them either. But plenty of Peter Andre CDs. Yes, I suspect there might be. I suspect there might be. I had a Peter Andre story for you. And the story was, as you know... The Peter Andre has this uh, 60-minute makeover programme. That one. And it turns out, of course, it's a bit misleading because Peter Andre, as we told you when it first started, couldn't do a makeover in 60 minutes. Seriously, he's, he's got no idea at all. Apparently, he doesn't know anything about DIY. He's, he's never known anything about DIY. He can't do anything. They had to explain to him the other day how to glue something. I mean, he, re- he really doesn't know anything at all. I didn't realise that somebody could be that dim... But he, he doesn't ever... What they've done is they've sort of dressed him up in his little outfit uh, where they put him in a pair of dungarees to try and make him look a little bit butch. That doesn't work either. They've given him a hammer and a tool belt. And we can all do our own jokes on that one. And, uh, and he turns up and he just sort of stands there. It's all a bit of a surprise for him. Hammer, nails, oh, colour. You know, he's got no idea at all. He really is... The last, the last sandwich in the picnic hamper. He's there all by himself and nobody's going to touch him. And so they've now admitted it takes about a week to do the programme. Because they used to be able to do it in 60 minutes, but now they can't do it because Peter Andre's just not quick enough. They have to explain everything to him. It's like when they, they used to put um, that uh, footballer Wright on the television. Whatever his name was. Who was the footballer Wright? Surname Wright. Uh, Ian Wright. He was so thin. They had to... It was painful to watch him presenting programmes. You could sit there for days. You could grow beards waiting for him to do the links. It was it was really embarrassing. Really, really embarrassing. And, and exactly the same with Peter Andre. You know, might be sweet and lovable. But uh, you notice in all the programmes, he never sings. Thank God. Um, he's only there just to be entertaining. But it's just... It's not entertaining enough. And I, sus- I would suspect they might even axe the series after this one. You don't really need it anymore. We don't need to, to have people patronising us, telling us what to do. We used to have um, one of Katie Price's, her makeup artist boyfriend, used to do strange things with MDF. Well, they've all but disappeared completely now. I don't know how they're surviving. No idea. Um, Bob in Bracknell went to the British Airways... Uh, Panto on Friday evening, Jack and the Beanstalk, another superb performance for charity by the BA cabin crew. I can imagine what that must have been like. <laughs> I'm not too sure, actually, whether or not I can make jokes about that at this time of the morning. Probably not, actually. Oh, look, here's Natalie Anderson, whoever she is. She's apparently in uh, Emmerdale. Here's my advice, Natalie. OK, and I, I shall only offer it once, lest you make a complete fool of yourself. She said, in an effort to... Because nobody knows who she is. Have you ever heard of her? No, I've never heard of her either. Uh, She says she's never felt sexier as she prepares to show off her curbs by stripping on television. 
big mistake. Big mistake, dear. I mean, it's, you know, she says, I want to be as sexy as my soap character. Big mistake. Look at poor Helen Flanagan. You know, all she She takes her clothes off. She says, oh, peekaboo. That kind of, nobody respects her. They all think she's a dimbo. She turns up on a television with Bradley Walsh the other day. I mean, it was all she could do to read the card. It was, it, we were really pushing it a little bit. And she says here, I've only got three seconds to take my clothes off and put them back on or I'll be naked on television. Why would you want to cheapen yourself? Why would you want to go down that route? Why would you want to, you know, go, otherwise I'll be naked on television? What? You mean you're not really naked under those clothes? What are you wearing, dear? A bin liner or something? What is the matter with you? Why on earth, you know, you would want to sell yourself as cheap and tarty? I've got no idea. What a shame. Why can't you be a bit more dignified about it? I worry about, you know, third-rate actresses. It's not like, you know, anybody's ever hailed you for your performances on television. But for goodness sake, have a bit of dignity. Try and make it out as if it's something, you know, as opposed to, I can't actually get publicity any other way, so I'm going to strip off and pose in my bra and knickers in the paper. I mean, I find that a bit, a bit sad. Harry Hill's got a £3 million deal. BBC chiefs, they should take him. He was my guest on In Conversation this morning. You should definitely take him. Definitely take him. I think he's fantastic. And, uh, and Lou says, heard In Conversation in the way into uh, work... Really good. Made me think of prep bacon sandwiches. <gasps> oh, the bacon rolls in Pret-a-Manger. They're quite... Do you know what I could eat now? Portion of chips. Port- I don't know why. Portion of chips. What a funny thing to want to eat at eight minutes to seven in the morning. Portion of chips. That'd be lovely, wouldn't it? Portion of chips and... Well, failing that, just a toasted bacon sandwich or a toasted sausage sandwich. A McMuffin. <gasps> Double sausage and egg McMuffin. Oh, God. Actually, the, the double sausage and egg McMuffin is actually a lot better than the double egg and bacon McMuffin. I don't like the bacon in their McMuffin thing at all. The actual bacon things at Pret are much nicer, as Lou said. I mean, she knows. She knows these things, because we've had our fair share over the years. But a double sausage and egg McMuffin with a hash brown is quite nice. Sometimes I take off the top half of the bun and turn it round the other way, so I'm not eating as much of the bread. Just eat, just eat. I wonder if you go in there and say, I wonder if you could ever do this and go, listen, I'd like a double sausage and egg McMuffin, but I'm, I'm allergic to eggs, so could I have an extra sausage in there? Just, could they do that? What, they give you three? Do you think you get three? You could swap. Can you really? I've often wanted to do that and just wait and see the look on their face, because at Waterloo Station, not one of them are English. There's nobody in there. I'm not sure how to, how to explain it, because you could years ago go into McDonald's and have a quarter pounder with cheese plain which meant that it was just the burger and the cheese. There was no gunk or gherkin, and, and, and they had to mark it on a thing, and then it went into the special order pile, and they made it. Uh, but they didn't want but they made you wait for it in case everybody wanted it like that, because nobody likes the gherkins. Nobody eats gherkins. Who eats gherkins? It's an American thing. And I used to go in and go, quarter pound of cheese, plain. And they go, what do you, sometimes, if, if, if they were new in there and they were, they were foreign, they didn't know what I was talking about. Went, what do you mean, plain? What, you don't want cheese on it? No, no, but, but the burger with cheese, I don't want all the other stuff. Quarter pound of cheese, plain, that's what it was called. And you think, I don't think they've been trained properly. Just get them out there, sell as much as you can. Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? That's all they do. That's the only thing they know. It's like going to a kebab shop. You want chilli sauce with that? No, just meat. Salad? Just meat. Chilli sauce and salad? Just meat! I get quite angry sometimes. <laughs> I'm feeling in that kind of a mood, you know, which I won't be, actually. Uh, 84850, you'd have thought that Barbara would have got a damehood on the strength of her surname alone, says Malcolm. Yes. Uh, Liz in Ferndown 
Says, uh, Iceland and Ferndown had loads of luxury mince pies. You better, who's out there? Who's out there? <laughs> We're not in Ferndown, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850, oh, steve at uk, And we shall weave everything in on the programme. Every single thing we read out, because we're very good like that, we have to do it. Producer gets really upset. If you don't read them all out, Steve, you know, it's like Christo last night, or as I prefer to think of it, it was the gay show last night. (laughs) Christo's favourite topic. I do celebrities, he does gay. And so he had some guy on from... I can't remember where he came from. There's... Paul, Paul. Dear, something the matter there. Barking... Oh, sorry, he was barking, or he comes from barking. I've never heard a dinosaur like that before. I, th- I thought it was quite funny. He was obviously worried about something. I don't know what it was. Because I was going to say, you know, listening to him, I thought it was, it was like going back 35 years. It was obviously something that sort of worried him. And he was sort of talking about, you know, if, you, if we didn't have the sanctity of marriage, I wasn't too sure where he was coming from with that one, uh, then it will all implode. I thought, no, it won't. You've got, you know, there are lots of lesbians who have children and uh, women who want to have children for gay men. It's been going on for donkey's years. Loads and loads of people like that. But there was something about it. I wasn't sure if he was actually in the real world or if he was just being deliberately obtuse about something that he didn't understand about. He didn't understand about, you know, people wanting to get together. Then, then somebody called Dominic came on. It took us about 15 minutes to get round to his kind of story. I was sitting there thinking I, c- I could turn into an alcoholic if I was sitting here for much longer. And I said, Chris, come on, be, be brave. And I think, oh, just do it! Do it! I didn't know what the story was. I didn't know what the story was. And then we got round to it, and then Christo got emotional, and by this time I've, I've sort of nearly, nearly started on the twiglets in the car, but I managed to hold myself back, so I was OK. And then I read about Mel B and Cheryl, and there's a bit of war of words. You don't think Mel B's tried it on with Cheryl, do you? You don't think that Cheryl's gone, why, I, if you come near me, pet, I've got friends who can punch your lights out. You know, you don't think that's ever going to happen. They're apparently like boxers who stare each other out, because Cheryl obviously thinks that she's, you know, I'm everybody's friend. You know, because I'm uh, Versace, Vassini, Satchel, Spagbol. And, uh, and the other one's going, oh, I can't work it out. Are you attractive or are you not? Because that's the way that they look at each other. Mel B looks at her and I'm, I'm slightly... Now we've heard all about Mel B, I'm slightly disturbed. Slightly disturbed by some of the looks. Kendra's husband said he wants her back. This after he ditched her for a transsexual. That I thought was hilarious. Uh, Lois and Dave says, yes, take out the cheese and egg for the extra sausage. Triple sausage muffin. No extra charge. I'm going to try it. I've got to try it. You just ask that. You just say, can you take out the cheese and the egg and just put in an extra... Blimey. That might be taking it a bit too far today, actually. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, what have we got coming up in the moment? We've got the news coming up, but not uh, not just yet. Uh, Peter Andres to DIY. Uh, is to DIY what Graham Norton is to rugby league. <laughs> have you ever seen Graham Norton playing, playing rugby? And, uh, and Christo says, I've just had an hour workout after my LBC show. Anyone would think I'd had a birthday approaching was freaking out about it. Is he finally admitting to being 60? Is he finally getting round to that, as opposed to just round the way? I tell you, going to the gym isn't working at all for him. I mean, I don't want to be rude. Bless his heart. But, I mean, he's... he's I mean, admittedly, now, after I told you last week that when he comes in to do the programme, he's brought in from the home. The ambulance picks him up. He's strapped to the gurney. And they bring him in here. They pump him full of whatever it is, formaldehyde or something. And he sits here and he goes off and he does his little programme. And at the end of the programme, they go, well done. We're going we're gonna to take, take you home. 
unless they take him home and he has some liquidised food, because they've taken his teeth away. Bit of an incident with Matron, I don't want to go into it. And so he then, he then goes home, they put him into bed, sedate him, and then he's out till next Friday. When again, the rut- we go through the routine again. I mean, to be honest with you, we've actually had the doors widened. So, you know, to get him in and out of the studio. It'll be so much easier when we've got our other studios upstairs, where they won't actually... They'll just bring him out of the lift and push him straight into the studio. He could probably lie there and do the programme in exactly the same way. He was recommending last night, people, you must listen to Steve Allen. You must listen to... I thought, I must listen to Steve Allen. In fact, by the end of his, his sort of little, little, you know, bigging me up kind of thing, I felt like rushing home to listen to the programme myself. It sounded quite exciting. And I realised it was me again, and it was only going to be the newspapers, and it was only going to be all the same, same people. Kelly Brook has finally ditched David McIntosh. Oh, go away. Go away. Nobody cares, dear. Nobody cares who you're going out with. Nobody cares. We've seen his little efforts on the internet. Thank you very much indeed. But the good news is that Katie Piper, the acid attack campaigner, who was with us on In Conversation only a short while ago, is uh, got engaged. She said, I'm very excited to tell you I've become someone's fiancé. So there you go. She's become somebody's fiancé. Huge round of applause, which is nice. Nice for Christmas, isn't it? He's a carpenter, I believe. I think he's a ca- How useful. Get all your kitchen units made and everything like that. Lovely, lovely, lovely. 84850, steve at Uh Because it's Manic Monday tomorrow, and because today's going to be Chuck It Down Sunday, I believe that the weather is going to come in, and it's going to be pretty bad. Up north, snow, sleet showers, driving conditions in certain parts of the country going to be absolutely appalling. My advice is, if you don't have to go out, don't bother. Why would you bother going out? You've got the radio. You know, you can make yourself a nice cup of tea, have a piece of toast. I had four pieces of toast the other morning. It was absolutely delicious. And then just listen to LBC. So there we are. We've sorted your day out. Still to come on the programme, we only have an hour to go. 13-year-olds have been given gastric bands. It's because we're all becoming obese, clinically overweight. William and Kate, over in America, uh, they're going to charge couples £32,000 each for dinner. What sort of dinner do you get for £32,000? That'd be blooming good. Uh, Sex-crazed Edwina Curry, you're too blue. She's 68, she's talked about her love life. She's taught it's all getting a little bit embarrassing. Paul Weller's son has come out as bisexual. I always think that's sort of kind of like gay, but he didn't want to say the word gay, because Paul Weller's the mob father, and his son, you know, less than Butch, probably doesn't go down with that kind of image. Although, probably speaking, there's probably loads of mods who must be gay or bisexual. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning on LBC with Steve Allen. Early, I say early breakfast. I mean, goodness sakes, five past seven. I can see the trees moving outside. And they say it's going to chuck it down. It's going to be absolutely awful today. So my advice is don't go out. It'll make driving conditions, especially in the, in the top half of the country, a little bit, uh, little bit bad today. Uh, believe it or not, Manic Monday tomorrow. We've had all the other ones, haven't we? So Cyber Tuesday or whatever we had. And so now Manic Monday. You're all going to be going online. Uh, Saturday night, apparently on the BBC with Miranda Hart. It's going to be like a generation game type Show Philip Schofield still on the television. Did that marathon? Nobody mentioned the fact that Michael Aspel's done three marathons in the past. He didn't get a look in, did he? And then he turns up, old Pip, with um, Sarah Millican on her chat show. Like he's got anything else to say? <laughs> he's on the television every day. Uh, Harry Hill's three million pound deal. That'll be quite a, a nice one. And uh, Ola's hubby for the high jump. This remember Ola Jordan. Remember the one who's been moaning and bullying and all that kind of stuff? And then, you know, you read all these stories in the papers and you take them all with a pinch of salt. 
You know, I couldn't care less either, one day to the other. I know people who are attention-seeking, and Ola Jordan and her dreary husband. I can call him dreary because I watched him on the celebrity thing and he was so boring. I mean, dull would be a would be sort of an, an underuse of the word dull, I'm afraid. He turned up. She's going out to do The Jump, which is the one that Sally the Burke is doing and Mike Tyndall. I mean, God, it's looking a bit lame already, isn't it? Let's face it. And um, he's been forbidden from going out there. Thank God for that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, at the moment, I'm assuming he's just sweeping or something. I don't know what he does at home. And, um, and the other one, which we liked as well, our, our happy story of the day is that Katie Piper has announced her engagement. Uh, Sonia says, uh, my neighbour had a 60-minute makeover done pre-Andre days. Turned up at 7am. She was brought back at 4.30. They had us all out in the street practising the cheering, would you believe? Yes, they, they, used to, they don't do that now. They don't do it. They, uh, it takes them a week to do it, mainly because Peter Andre's a bit slow. Peter, over, over here, dear. OK, we'll just film you a bit to camera. OK, they're doing a house makeover. Just imagine, can't you? <laughs> I do laugh, actually. And uh, incidentally, on the subject of uh, Peter Andre, is, uh, his CDs are still available in Iceland. And uh, if you can't get one in your one, we've got loads in ours. Loads and loads and loads. Um, I bought Asda mince pies, six for 89 pence. And uh, Han said, I wouldn't eat junk food. It's not good for you. I have a spinach smoothie every day and I look amazing. No, you don't. You look green and horrible. A spinach smoothie every day for breakfast. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I'm having a triple sausage McMuffin, I've decided. That's my way forward. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, I saw uh, Barbara Winter at a charity event recently at the Savoy, and she's Simply Divine. I would think that would be an apt description. The Simply Divine Barbara. I think it goes... She's got to be made a dame, hasn't she? If they're giving it to, uh, to uh, what's it, Joan, it's got to go here. Adrian says, fried smoked bacon, lightly sautéed mushrooms, daddy's sauce between nice, fresh, crusty bread. Now... We are talking. Yes. I'm not sure, actually. My father used to eat Daddy's sauce. It's a bit spicy for me. It's a little bit too hot. A little bit too hot. I could, prob- I could probably go for it. I'm not... I'm, I'm just being silly, actually. Miranda Hart is great. Call the midwife. Other than that, I find her totally unfunny. Yes. Um, stunned to learn that Christo was turning 60, says Pablo, and getting his bus pass. I thought it was his 40th... Oh, he's been doing that for He's been saying 40 for ages. Nobody believes him. No, if you saw him, really, in, in the flesh, I mean, a lot of it is sort of is held back by glue and things. He has these things... I don't know if you've... Don't, don't say I've told this, because it makes it sound that, uh, that I'm sort of speaking out of turn. He's got these strings, and it's a string with a sticky pad, and what he does, he puts it under his hair... As I say, his hair. It wasn't always his hair. And, uh, and then he pulls it round the back, and then he sticks it on the back. So it gives him the effective... You know, facelift. It's been used a lot in America. They use it a lot for sort of people over there. And he has had this. The, w- the worst thing is, if ever you go out for dinner with him and the string breaks, his face is apt to fall into the plate. You know, there is that danger that it's all been held back by so... It's almost scaffolding. If you go round the back of Christo when he's eating, it is like somebody has put up scaffolding just to hold his face into shape. And he can do it as long as you're in front of him. If, if you turn to the side, he can't move. He can't turn his face to the side. So he doesn't bother. He, just, he, he carries on looking straight ahead. So even if you've moved to another place on the table, he can't talk to you. I just mentioned... I'm not being bitter, you know. I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just telling you the way it is. Um, the sad news in the paper today is that Luke Summers was shot dead by his terrorist captors. I can only say at least he was shot dead as opposed to beheaded. Doesn't make any difference, does it, in the, in the great scheme of things. This is as uh, the SAS and the US Special Forces launched a daring bid to rescue him from an underground lair. Obviously, 
they'd, uh, they'd made a huge mistake because both people... He'd been held hostage by this Islamic group in Yemen for more than a year. He was handed over by some other people. He'd, he'd been captured and then handed over to this extremist Islamic group, and they just want to kill people. I don't know why they're not intelligent enough to see that killing people doesn't solve anything at all. What does it solve? Absolutely nothing. Have they, have they advanced any further? No. Have they taken people's lives? Yes. Will they be killed themselves? Hopefully. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't advance anything. There is no advances to be made. There is no, there is no advantage. There is no nothing at all here, apart from, you know, a number of people have lost their lives as a result of being captured by these crackpots. It's the best way to describe them. Uh, deluded crackpots. I think they believe when they die they're going to go and meet lots of virgins. No, they're not. They're going to turn gay. When they die, when they die, that's the that's the only good thing about it. The only good thing. Child abuse survivors want the timescale of the inquiry into VIP paedophiles pushed back into the 1950s to avoid a whitewash. And uh, so this is sort of going on here. Groups representing the abused also want a dedicated police unit to examine evidence. Do you know it? It does seem at times, doesn't it? There was one here, the VIP pedo guest house, uh, the police probing abuse at the MP's luxury block. This is uh, Dolphin Square, which is used by a lot of MPs. It's, it's a fairly old block, but it's been it's been used by MPs for ages. The yard cops say boys were killed, teenager abused inside Buckingham Palace. It does seem that the whole thing was just. The country was absolutely awash with abuse. Absolutely every single person must have been abused at some time. There's people who've come back from, from, from 40, 50 years ago to say that they were abused. I'd, I've never quite worked out what abuse means. Is it you've been forced to do something? Or is it, is it just sex which years later you go, I don't want that to happen. I want some sort of compensation. I think the people from the Jimmy Savile era have uh, already been told that there's hardly any money left. It's been swallowed up by legal fees, which is what I predicted at the time. The lawyers are the only ones going to benefit from this. Anybody who was abused by Jimmy Savile wouldn't get anything. Absolutely nothing. There isn't any, isn't any money around. Ridiculous. Uh, Steve, my 85-year-old dad stayed with me last night. His favourite breakfast, scrambled egg with cheese on toast, says Jenny in Northern Ireland. Yes, you see, I mean, egg and cheese kind of go well together. I don't have a problem there. Carol McGiffin uh, talking about um, not buying into Russell Brand. She says nobody likes a hypocrite. She used to be a big fan of his, but now she's finally with the rest of the country. She's not, uh, not interested in him at all. Uh, Ola's hubby for the high jump. This is Ola who takes her clothes off every five minutes. And uh, he's furious. And you know what he's like when he's furious. Because uh, he wants to join her on the set of The Jump. Uh, James is especially angry because he thinks other competitors will be able to take their partners. Um, they just don't want you out there, mate. I think it's easier, isn't it? If you stay at home, why don't you start doing, you know, macrame baskets or something like that, or open a craft fair, do something interesting. He's very protective of Ola and wants to make sure she's OK. Oh, shut up. Don't be so silly. She's going on a silly little programme to make some money. She doesn't need looking at... What do you think? Do you think Mike Tyndall's going to come on to her or something like that? She's about as big as a Polly Pocket. I've got dolls at home bigger than her, and more intelligent. But apparently, this is far too far out of her comfort zone. What a dreary couple they are. Oh, so she's got a comfort zone, has she? What would that be? Bullying? Is bullying the comfort zone? Apparently, a source said James has earned a reputation as somewhat outspoken. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. He's made a reputation of being a buffoon, of being an irritant, of, why don't you go and get a proper job? Why don't you go and do something proper as opposed to irritating the heck out of everybody? You're not outspoken at all. There's nothing outspoken about you. You're not particularly clever. Anybody bought Christmas jumpers yet? Just me again. Just me. 
free. Somebody said the other day, they're very cheap. I said, yeah. And they said, and when will you be wearing it? I said, over Christmas. They said, and when else? I said, nowhere else. You can only wear it for Christmas. So I should probably wear them and then sort of give them to a charity shop. They don't want them either. I want Steve Allen's cast-off clothes. Uh, also at the papers today, oh, it's the, uh, the story about, about Peter Andre not being at all handy, because he's not really. Uh, jungle curry made me really sick. This is dreary old Kendra, the old bag from America. Claim to fame stripper slept with Hugh Hefner. Hello? That's it. That is the claim to fame. Oh, and her husband was so intrigued by her, he went off with a, with a tranny. I mean, that's, that's the exciting thing. Uh, sexy Sabina Evangelista is the Tory wife who says there's nothing conservative about her front bench. She's a glamour model. Oh, how lovely. Uh, apparently Gary Markwell is a campaign manager who's worked for Boris Johnson. Oh, lovely. That's your claim to fame, is it, dear? There's some, something... I watched the Jerry Springer show the other day, and it was very entertaining. It's a lot of people... They have tattoos in America as well. They're the same as our sort of chavs, only over there they're, they're trailer trash. And over there, they're fo- they're, strange enough, they're more articulate. They're very articulate. I nearly had a tattoo done the other day. I nearly... I walked past the tattoo parlour, and I, I sort of... I looked in the window, not sort of longingly or anything like that, just around peering, you know, to see if there was something small that I could have sort of attached to me. And then I thought... Don't be silly, Stephen. You're coming up to 40 years old. You do not need a tattoo. There is a, it'll just look ridiculous. And then I went past Claire's whatever it is. And I remember reading a story in the paper that Victoria Beckham had taken uh, one of her sons in there for an earring. I'm assuming he's going to be selling pegs and Lucky Heather soon. And, um, and, I, and I thought to myself, I could go and get an earring. I could go and get an earring done. And then I thought, can you imagine if I walk into work and I've got an earring in? It's bad enough at the moment. You know, walking in with my little hat on and my scarf and everything else, looking for all the world like a waif and stray from the nether regions. And, you know, to go in with an earring. And then also, what sort of earrings do you have? You know, would I have a little stud there, a little diamond stud, uh, tanzanite? Or would I have a little ring that I can keep turning to stop it healing up? I don't know. And do they rings, do rings in other parts of your body? And would I want one of those? And the answer is, I didn't. So I kept walking. I, I didn't. And I got home and I thought... Perhaps I should have had an earring. And I thought, what would your mother have said? Your mother would have said, you know, don't be so silly. Don't be so silly. Quarter past seven. 19 minutes past seven. I had to think what the time was, actually. Looking forward to question time on Thursday, says Simon, with Nigel Farage and Russell Brand on the same panel. Yes, I think Farage will wipe the floor with the uh, Mockney attention seeker. And the funny thing is, funny you should say that. We were taking odds on that the other day in the studio. What Russell Brand will do, he will spout drivel. It will be drivel. And you'll have to try and dissect what he's saying, because as the papers pointed out the other day, he doesn't even know the question, let alone the answer. So he will be on there. He knows everybody's going to be watching it, and they particularly put him on to, to watch him dig a hole for himself, and he will. And the audience will sit there watching this man, who, who really, he, it's a bit like putting Katie Price on Loose Women. Every time Katie Price went on Loose Women, it just turned into the Katie Price show. It was ultimately boring and dreary, because all she did was drone on in that horrible monotone voice about, you know, the press were always, like, saying things about me. And I'm, I'm sort of saying, why did nobody on the panel ever challenge? What were they saying? What have they said about you that's wrong? All they've ever pointed out is what you fed them, because you're the attention seeker. I still remember that great line when, when she had a show on television. Thank God that finished years ago. And she looks out the window and she goes, are the, are the paparazzi there? They're always following me. There was nobody out there. The streets were deserted. You know, they had that sort of, you know, the cat sitting on the corner going, no paparazzi out here at all. Very funny. Uh, Union J want it all and likely to probably get it at the moment. They're plotting to go global. I suspect they've got global already, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Also in the papers, who's this? This is um, 
lucky Ross in a world of his own, Ross Hadley. This is the uh, uh, person who is is given the job of making sure that the Miss World people are fit enough. I don't quite understand what that is. Twelve Days of Christmas Television. It's rubbish. That's all I'm telling you, it's rubbish. There's nothing... To be honest with you, you might as well stay with the radio because it's repeat after repeat after repeat. As we pointed out last week, Danny Cohen at the BBC said the public want repeats. No, we don't. We've got the DVDs. Oh, the good news is, Mrs Brown's boys could be the end. It's the last one, they think. And as I've never seen any of them, it doesn't really help, does it? Uh, Edwina Curry, groping on the jungle... She's, she's, the trouble is, people think she's funny and she's, de- she's deadly serious. She's deadly serious. At 68, she's deadly serious. And, um, there's a report in the Mirror today. This is a dating website for pedos. A dating website? I've never heard of such a thing either. And so what has, uh, what has happened here? They've uh, taken their reporter. She signed up as a single person. And she meets a man who boasts of raping and abusing young girls and said he planned to start a family so he could teach the children how to have sex. And he says here, and he's a, he's a middle-aged man, I'm hoping for a baby girl, but I'll leave it till she's about seven. Do you have any young ones to share, he asks her. You can't, I mean, you, you seriously can't believe in this day and age when, you know, everybody's particularly vigilant and the police are particularly vigilant that somebody will actually be on a dating website and, and will be saying these sort of things to somebody that they don't know. I mean, you can't believe the, the stupidity or the perversion of the whole thing, can you? Uh, Derek says, I wanted to say how wonderful technology is. Derek is seven, and he's just worked out how wonderful... Isn't it amazing? Isn't it funny how fast technology has moved? Isn't it amazing that I can be sitting here on my beach sun lounger, sunning myself, and uh, and you're all freezing to death in England, and uh, I'm in Buenos Aires. You wouldn't know, would you? It doesn't make any difference where the programme comes from. But he's listening in a hotel in Malta which is quite nice. I've got a friend of mine who's out in Malta, actually, at the moment, which is lovely. Katie Price in the papers today, obviously doing something that involves slapping on loads of makeup. I've got no idea why. But uh, anyway, poor old Katie. Uh, Rose West is selling autographs inside prison for a five or a time. I would think that's probably what they'll be worth. Uh, Christmas will be like everybody else's, says Bob Geldof. Just a lot less. This is a man who doesn't pay tax in this country. I think he's, he's res- he's, uh, his residence is elsewhere, isn't it? So he spends time here, but he doesn't pay tax here. <coughs> he got criticised by journalists, was it last week, when they were saying he doesn't actually put any of his own money into any of these uh, things. He just campaigns. And, he's, and when somebody said to him, why do you not pay tax here? He said, because, you know, I'm there to encourage people to spend money. Which seems fair enough, but I, th- I think the tax... I get a bit funny about the tax thing. I really do. I, th- I think I have to pay tax. Everybody else has to pay tax. Uh, Steve Backley's ex on their love split. You knew it was going to come to this, didn't you? He, she says, I found two emails in his trash. One was a photo of a young girl and the other was a hotel receipt. I was devastated. I sacrificed all for his Olympic gold. He repaid me by falling for a woman half his age. That's the trouble nowadays. That is the trouble, isn't it? That, you know, they, they always say nothing is forever. You know, a relationship, you know, is it might not last forever. It's better to have good friends, isn't it? I know the other thing's quite nice too, and especially coming up to Christmas, we all like a little bit of cuddles and stuff like that. I personally don't, but I mean, you know, other people like that kind of thing. And uh, and it's nice probably to have somebody over the festive season. Some people can't be by themselves. All I seem to know is single people. I know single. I don't know why. Single people, and they're more than happy to be by themselves. That way you can do whatever you want. Nobody has to say, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Look at Christo, he's miserable as sin by himself. Poor soul. You know, and he's, he's desperate to find somebody. Desperate to find somebody. He keeps pestering me, but 
texts and emails and here's a photograph of me on the beach at Clacton and all that kind of stuff. You know, like I'm going to be interested. First time I saw him on the beach at Clacton, I seriously thought somebody should have put a harpoon into that some years ago, but they didn't. Uh, Dolly Parton says, I flirt, but my marriage is still strong. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that one, actually. I mean, I do find the whole Dolly Parton thing, I, th- I think is actually quite funny. Because she says she's had flirtations, but her 50-year relationship with hubby Carl Dean... Anybody ever seen him? Put your hands up if you've ever seen Carl. He doesn't travel with her. He doesn't do any publicity. Nothing at all. And uh, she confessed to shed light on rumours. She said, I'm not admitting nothing. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I'm 68, but I'm still sexy. She has um, a friend who she travels with, doesn't she? A lady friend. And they share the same bed. and And she says, there's nothing the matter with that. I thought that too. I mean, I all thought nothing to matter with that at all. Because then it turned out the other day that somebody out of one of these groups, I think Shane Shane Ritchie's son, says he has showers with his friends. He says, uh, we don't think anything about it at all. I thought, I must try that round here, actually. See if anybody here wants to go for a shower after the programme. Come on, Steve's Steve's got the shower gel. Woo-woo! And the soap on a rope. The retrievable idea. Uh, So Dolly Parton admits that she does flirt, but her marriage is still strong. She's never with him. Never with him. Uh, Paul Weller's son, Nathaniel has come out as bisexual, and his father says he's got no problem with it at all. Well, he wouldn't have, would he? I mean, I'd, I'd be very surprised, actually, if uh, if the mod father, Paul Weller, would actually have any any problem with this kind of thing at all. He says the media see him as this alpha male character, even though the style council was pretty homoerotic. It was kind of daunting. It's funny, actually, isn't it, that you sort of, I don't know why you assume that Paul Weller's son is going to be heterosexual. I don't know why anybody would ever worry about things like that. One of the blokes out of... Um, uh, status quo, his son's gay as well. and But then, you know, gay people are just about everywhere. But uh, I love the way he says, I'm bisexual. I think that's just greedy. I think that's greedy. I don't think that's anything else apart from that. Uh, also, the paper today, uh, you're going to get Miranda Hart on a Saturday night. They're doing a pilot show. It's very similar to the Generation Game. Whether it will work, I don't know. I'm not too sure. Janet's brought the JML cat toy. Can't wait to open it for our four cats on Christmas morning. There'll be a fight. And it's, it's a very odd thing. It's called Cat's Meow. And you put it together and it's got a thing that runs round underneath the, the mat and cats find it fascinating. But there again, I tend to find, you know, just an open paper bag, cats will find fascinating. I was going to buy one for my, uh, my bank manager. She's got, she's got cats as well. I said, I was going to buy this Cat's Meow for you. And she went, don't. They, 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 won't, they won't use it. They'll just sit there staring at it. <laughs> but all, all the other cats seem to like the thing, don't they? They seem to be very happy with them. But you've got to buy. You've got to buy toys for your cats and dogs for Christmas. We never used to buy anything for um, hamsters. You don't. People don't buy anything for hamsters. Uh, David Richards in Aviemore says, "I've just woken up to the first snowfall of the winter in the village. Good news for all the children travelling on the Strathspey Railway Santa Express today. I suppose in Aviemore, that's what you're relying on, isn't it? You're relying on uh, their snow, and they've said you're going to get snow today." Uh, Tom says, you're very mean to Christo. I'm just being truthful. I can't help being truthful. I know he's probably sitting at home, you know, debating on, on the strength of what I've said about him, whether to go to rehab. More work for me. Uh, Jersey uh, Women starts tomorrow at 6pm. Mob wives and uh, are Jersey-licious. I'm sorted for Christmas, says Jane. Yes, I'm not interested in the mob wives. I've seen little clips of it. And it didn't look, didn't look too exciting. Didn't look that exciting. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, Steve... Went to see the tree in Trafalgar Square yesterday. I thought it was a poor choice. Broken branches and looking kind of sad. Oh, never mind. It's what you make it, isn't it? Uh, Covent Garden have got some nice uh, Christmas stuff there, which is good. 
And uh, somebody says, I like Miranda Hart. She's great. You see, it's, it's horses for courses, isn't it? Uh, watchdog will win a fortune for customers. A consumer watchdog being launched next week will sort out um, customers' disputes. Yes, that is, that is your biggest problem, isn't it? It's going into shops, and most of you do not know your rights. The line that you have to use is it's not of merchantable quality. In other words, if you buy a pair of Wellington boots and they let the water in, they are not of merchantable quality. You can't, they don't have to take something back just because you don't like it. You know, it's up to you. And also, a lot of the TV ads now will tell you, if you're buying clothing, they will not change it because they know that people just wear it and then they send it back again, which goes on all the time. So you've got to be very careful with these things. But it's not of merchantable quality. If you buy a video recorder or, whatever, you know, DVD recorder, and it doesn't work, it's not of merchantable quality. And you don't want to repair, you want your money back. You do not. And if, and if they try and fob you off in some of the high street electrical stores, where I know because when we had Jackie King on the programme on LBC for years, so a couple of the well-known electrical stores wouldn't even deal with consumers at all. And they would direct customers back to the manufacturer, where, of course, the contract is not with the manufacturer. Your contract is with the store. You stand your ground. They must give you either a replacement or your money back. You do not want to repair. It's as simple as that, and they'll try and fob you off. Incidentally, you don't take out store insurance. Take my advice on that one. The manufacturer will have an insurance in the box. Do not take out the expensive insurance that the shops are offering. OK? It's 7.30. Dave Allen on LBC. Morning, you're really nice to have your company. Welcome to Sunday morning. It is good. I'm telling you exactly what the weather is. Let me just quickly check it. I just want to, don't want to get it wrong today. Cloudy with outbreaks of rain. That's what they're saying. And they've said clearing most counties by midday. Fine and dry conditions to follow with a good deal of winter sun. Clear, because yesterday it was freezing. I went out with, uh, with my friend Lynn and we went to the uh, French market in Twickenham, which, to be honest with you, was over and done with in about five seconds. It was a bit small. The good thing was there was a jazz band down there who were playing, and a brass band. They were brilliant. You know, some of them had some very young people in there on jazz as well, so I was very impressed. Uh, tonight, clear during the evening, first half of the night, leading to an early frost in places, cloudy later, a few spots of rain. <coughs> so, obviously, the rain's not going to be so bad today. I'll have, I'll have a look out at eight o'clock and see. Uh, outlook for Tuesday, run through Thursday. Cold start Tuesday, mild and windier. Uh, Monday's cloudy start, cloud breaking to give some winter sun, one or two showers possible in the afternoon. Wednesday's very windy, flu blustery showers and gales possible. Thursday, windy again with more rain. That's all I need. If it ruins my hair this week, I'm going to be in a foul mood for the remainder of the year. Because it's moving on a bit, isn't it? It is moving on a bit. Uh, I bought my cats this for Christmas, says Julie. I hope they're not listening. Put your, put your hands over their ears. They've got a fleece paw print pet bed thing, a cat cave igloo bed. That's quite nice. That's uh, the cat cave igloo bed is down to seven ninety nine. It looks quite fun, doesn't it? Depending how big the cat. We saw an enormous cat yesterday. Went to Eel Pie Island as well. We were being very busy, and um, and the biggest cat I've ever seen. It was like a, it was like a small tiger. Like a small tiger. Absolutely amazing. Uh, eight for eight five oh. Oh, apparently Han goes spinning every day. God, I know we've got somebody in this building. Our former weatherman, Chris Lowe, he goes spinning every day. I didn't know what it was. When he first, he said, I'm, I'm going spinning today. I had no idea what he was talking about. Carol Malone talks about two Bob Brand as a joke. This is, they're literally everybody. Listening in Perth, Australia. Just got back from the beach, goes Tim. Having not lived in the UK for 20-odd years, I don't know who most of the people are you're talking about, but it's still amusing. See, it doesn't matter whether you know them or not. 
It's the fact that we're talking about them. If we're talking about them, they must be important because they're in our papers. Uh, Mary says, do you know the story of Christo being mugged by a date he bought home? Yes. Yes. He does talk about it, actually. He, never, I mean, he doesn't want to go into the whole story, quite clearly. I think, I think you know enough. I think that is enough that people know. Uh, anybody else got snow in the country or wind and rain? Steve, I believe the Christmas tree outside the Tower of London is not impressive, says Charlie, who's 13. <laughs> and uh, everything else. Paul McCartney was on the television talking, actually, I think he was on uh, Jonathan Ross and telling how he made up with John Lennon. You know, they fell out big time, as indeed do most of these groups. They don't see each other from year to year. And then he heard about his, uh, his murder. And so he's talking about that because he, he was touch and go as well, Paul McCartney, but he's much, much better now. Uh, there's also um, Mary Berry looks set to roast the competition again. Three books in the Christmas bestseller list. Wow. Three books. And uh, so she should have. We loved her when she was on for In Conversation. She was absolutely fantastic. Bootleg Beatles are touring again up and down the country, everywhere from York to Carlisle to Southgate. You must check them out. Best TV critic, one of them, Kevin O'Sullivan, uh, talking about Philip Schofield's 24-hour live TV marathon. As I say, done by uh, other people previously. Uh, Also, the Mekon River with Sue Perkins and uh, The Apprentice, and he talks about Anton Deck carry-on camping, literally holding the programme together because it's possibly one of the worst one of the worst programmes I think they've ever had. They're just not very interesting, the people on there. Uh, the Express today, Brucey, nice to see you, to see you guys, coming back again. Yes, this is for the Christmas special, the Christmas special, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful because they, no Ola Jordan, thank God for that. They've got uh, loads of other people there on the programme. Also, the Jeremy Thorpe story. You remember when Jeremy Thorpe died the other day, there was the scandal which occurred way back in the 70s. But now, sex claims about Jeremy Thorpe were kept out of the trial. Who said this? His son. His son. There was a deal made between the prosecution and Thorpe's celebrated defence barrister, George Carman QC, who was like the top lawyer. The top lawyer. And and they say here that uh, Thorpe covered up fellow Liberal MP Cyril Smith's sexual abuse of children. All, they say, uh, they also, they've got various uh, gay guys who came out, lots of different quotes from different gay guys who said that he was a promiscuous homosexual. Uh, He was in and out of gay bars picking people up. And, of course, that never came out in court. But his son has actually got the entire trial brief. And he said the written prosecution evidence includes a substantial amount of information from a lot of different men, which confirms... Oh, this is Mr Carman, sorry. Uh, who has his late father's entire trial brief. That would take some reading, wouldn't it? That would take some reading. And so um, none of this evidence came out in court if Jeremy Thorpe admitted to having homosexual tendencies. He admitted that, and therefore the entirety of the evidence did not contain the evidence of these young men who uh, Jeremy Thorpe used to trawl gay bars for in London. It's amazing when you think, I mean, he could have been Prime Minister. He could have been. Not that I thought it would have made any difference, but to be honest with you... At uh, at that time, being gay was illegal. There's a very wealthy cat here um, who has earned a lot of money. £64 million. This cat... How's a cat earned £64 million? But um, he's actually... He shot to fame two years ago in a YouTube video that got 15.7 million views. Has a film out, Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. Appears in adverts on gift items. Has a best-selling book in 15 languages. And has earned more money than Hollywood stars Nicole Kidman, Cameron Diaz, Matt Damon, and even Matthew McConaughey. Grumpy's owner, 
Tabitha Bundesen from Morristown, Arizona, said she's unstoppable. She's got one of those miserable faces, but she's earned £64 million, and that's, you know, that's why when you go out and look, look for cats, try not to pick the attractive ones. Try not to pick the attractive... Pick the unattractive ones. They're going to earn you more money in the long run. Front page of the uh, Mail Today. New row over food banks. This is a report backed by the Archbishop of Canterbury calling for a £150 million state-backed system to combat hunger in Britain. Uh, Over in America, half a million quid to dine with Wills and Kate. £32,000 a couple. £32,000 for dinner in New York. What you get for that, I don't know, perhaps he sings and dances. Perhaps they do an adagio act, balancing, where he sort of throws her up in the air and then catches her again or misses her completely. I mean, what do you get for £32,000? Not a lot. Fifteen wealthy couples will be having dinner with them. And I suppose if, if you're a, if you're a f- particularly wealthy couple, £32,000 is nothing, is it? It's nothing. £32,000 and, 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 we're, and we'll, we'll, will we get a picture with them? Oh, yes, absolutely. Get a picture and you shaking their hand and everything else. What Will I Am did to get close to Prince of Wales. He paid a lot of money, and uh, next thing is his, his new best friend. Well, new best friend until you phone up and go, uh, is Charles there? He's busy, sir. He's busy. I'd like to give another half a million pounds. So if you want to meet Wills and Kate, 32 grand each. A bit embarrassing, really, isn't it? I mean, it is cash. Cash for access questions. What would the Americans be asking? Uh, do, you, do you miss your mother? Is it really happy? You know? how, how, how are the other children? Are they OK? Good. You know, I mean, apart from that, there's not really a lot they can talk about, is there? Because they have to be very careful that somebody, some journalist, doesn't infiltrate the thing and then repeat the conversation, which you're not supposed to do. Uh, the outrage as the Scots have robbed the Queen of £2.1 million. She's set to lose funding thanks to a Republican snub by Nicola Sturgeon's SNP government. Uh, they're saying here uh, she vows to keep Scottish rights to Crown estates, including Tobermory's waterfront, uh, offshore wind farms and fishing rights. Oh, dear. Oh, there may be trouble ahead. That'll be not good, is it? Uh, Archbishop on collision with uh, all this uh, this food, which we don't have, and people using food banks because they don't have any money. Uh, Diana Butler sues Clifford in his jail cell. This is Max Clifford being sued by Paul Burrell over claims he secretly faxed a confidential letter to a newspaper containing private information about the Queen. Interesting. It's uh, very interesting. I, d- I thought Paul Burrell had disappeared completely. Of course, Diana was his rock. No, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. He was just a servant. He was just a servant, and he was kind of useful at a time when they needed somebody. Uh, the firearms collector in the paper who was offered £13,000 to kill Thorpe's stable boy lover. This is Norman Scott, who some of the papers have, uh, have interviewed this week. Uh, Prince William's heartfelt words in the paper today of comfort for the family of Kate's suicide nurse, handwritten. Handwritten by William, which actually is, I mean, quite a, quite a thing in this day and age. He must have known, actually. He, he wrote it from Anglesey. Uh, this was written, must have been last year, actually. And so the first ever interview. And also Sarah Ferguson wrote something as well. Uh, also from Beatrice and Eugenie. She loves jumping on a bandwagon, old Sarah Ferguson. So good for her. And, um, and the other story, which is in the paper today. This is the... Um, Willie Whitelaw, who ordered police to scrap the inquiry into VIP child sex abuse ring. I mean, was this really going on under people's noses? Or did people actually realise what was going on and, and they did nothing? They've named top people in this boys for sale inquiry. Because we, we, we've got here the case of one person, a man who was jailed for abusing his grandson. An abuser traced after the victim clipped onto this, uh, this website. It's a global fight. 
It's a huge, huge problem. So it's not just here. It's just about everywhere. But do you think Margaret Thatcher knew what was going on? I mean, she was the one who welcomed people like Jimmy Savile into Downing Street. And by, to all intents and purposes, she had people in her government who knew exactly what was going on because it turns out they were doing it as well. So it was obviously huge, this thing. I mean, did they never, ever think that this would eventually come out? I don't know. The police have now launched a probe into these sensational new cover-up claims. I mean, all of that is in the, the papers for today. Uh, also, Nigella Lawson. God, it's been a few days since we've seen a lovely picture of Nigella Lawson. And she is, here she is. She's the god dress. She's wearing uh, a diva catwalk dress. And they say it has now sent the manufacturer's website into meltdown. In other words, if she's obviously now very bankable, that means if she wears an outfit, somebody will see that and go, I want that dress. Why do you think so many celebrities have got her? And the Oscars as well. The Oscars is a classic place where people will pay huge amounts of money to get celebrities into their particular outfits because they know they're going to see globally. And then people say, I want that dress. That looks absolutely stunning. And so that's how they, they make their money. It's free advertising. I mean, to be honest with you, you wouldn't want Katie Price or Gemma Collins to wear any of your stuff, would you? That's really going to send it into the wrong market. You're looking for something a little bit classier. Quarter to eight. They're going to be along and around uh, ten minutes' time. It's nice to be company. It's Steve Allen with you. Until 8 o'clock this Sunday morning. I'm still waiting for the heavens to open. So far, they appear not to have uh, opened. I don't know what it's like in your neck of the woods. But uh, I'm sure at some point, it's going to be raining. It's going to be raining. Uh, 8 for 850. I mean, it's not just 30,000, Steve, to meet Will and Kate. Royal baby number two will be there. Yes, I suppose, technically speaking, <laughs> if the cat earns $64 million, does it, does it pay the tax? Uh, well, that is a very interesting question. I don't know how... I remember a, a, we used to have a guy on LBC. I know, it's nice, isn't it? There was a Lemma Meringue version of that pie a short while ago, but Betsy... No. That's all I could tell you. She, she, she had a moment of weakness. <laughs> Plus, I twisted her arm. Uh, <laughs> uh, watch Keep It in the Family, says Malcolm and Bradley Walsh. Cross between the Generation Game and 3 to one I did see it the other day. I did see it. I quite liked it, actually. They bring on celebrities. Well, I say celebrities... They brought, I love Joe Pasquale, as you know. He just makes me laugh. He calls him Squeaky, which makes me laugh. And uh, Sunita was on there, and then they brought on Helen Flanagan. I thought that was the cheaper end of the market. <laughs> but they seem to drop them into, uh, into like, a bottomless pit. It looks a bit frightening to me. <laughs> Certainly not frightening to everybody else. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, another one here. Says, I cringed. Every time Edwina Curry talked about her, uh, her sexual exploits. Yes, I don't know why she, she's been fairly quiet about it up until now. Uh, there's, a, there's a very interesting story in the paper today about the police questioned over the £1.9 million paid by motorists on speed awareness courses. Now, I don't, know, I don't know if you know how this works. What happens is, if you go over the speed limit, and it's a certain limit, you've got to be three or four miles an hour over, caught by the machine, and if it's your first time, they offer you the chance of paying a fine but having no penalty points, but you go on a speed awareness course. Now, I hold my hands up and say, I've been on one. Three hours of sheer and utter boredom. Really. You sit there, there's various places, you can pick out where you go to, and you do it. But you can only do it once. Only do it once. But they reckon that there is underhand dealing, murky deals being struck by forces. And the crime watchdogs are now ordering the firms who run these things to open their books. They're trying to investigate because they think there's something going on here. It's a, how it could be, I've got no idea. I went on one, if you remember, ages and ages ago. And the woman on my one said, oh, by the way, um, will I be coming back here again because I've been, I've been done again? 
And the uh, and the uh, the person in charge of our course said, "No, you only get to do this once. You don't get to do this any more than once." But they're they're very useful, and they they seem to take roughly the same route. We had computers. There was about thirty of us in a room, or everybody done for exactly the same thing, a little bit over the speed limit. Which you know, I can understand. I can understand. It's going to be a big problem coming up to Christmas. People will be drink driving. Men will be predominantly the ones stopped. Women will will not be stopped as as much as men, even though it's probably just as dangerous. So the ice advice is, as far as I'm concerned, if you drink and drive, either don't breathe or don't get in the car. Make it a lot safer. Uh, would you ask this woman for Christmas advice? It's Miranda, the festive agony aunt. And uh, the Most Reverend Justin Welby, Archbishop of Canterbury, is talking about this personal experience with the poor and the hungry. Uh, Peter Hitchens, always love his uh, column day sexism, or a load of old hot air from the EDF, very quickly here. Rachel Johnson, uh, shocking, woman over 35, takes off top. This has to be Madonna. It's amazing, Madonna takes her top off and immediately everybody goes to pieces. And here's the woman at the centre of the most bizarre criminal coincidence ever. Last week at the trial... Uh, of Ian Griffin in the, uh, the Hotel Bristol case. And then days before, she nailed Jimmy Savile's driver, Ray Terrett, for raping her, aged 15. It's the most bizarre story. Most bizarre story. I'm sure you can read that in the Mail for today. Uh, here's a picture of some of the mothers whose children all needed breastfeeding at the same time. So lucky. Outside Claridge's. Fantastic. And uh, it was Louise Burns, mother of three. I wonder if she's ever been to Claridge's before. If they checked their books and found out if Louise Burns had actually never been to Claridge's before and the whole thing was just a PR set-up. I would like to find out. She said she went down there, I think, with her mother and sister. And, uh, and then one of the women here, Emily Slough, 28, says, We are here to show Claridge's they're not above the law. I'm sorry, if, if you're going into somebody's premises and you start breastfeeding, they have the, it's not a case of being above the law. They don't want you breastfeeding in there. If you do it, do it discreetly. It's not complicated. They become so aggressive, don't they? So aggressive down there. Under the Equality Act, it's unlawful for firms to discriminate against a woman because she's breastfeeding a child. Yes, well, so it might be. But there again, it's a case of, uh, it's a case of, it's, you know, if I'm sitting there eating my sandwiches, I don't want someone some lobbing their boobs out in there feeding a child, hungry or otherwise. Go and sit on the pavement. You seem to enjoy sitting on the pavement last time. Go and do it again. Can you go totally Madonna? Liz Jones has tried it. The answer, quite simply, Liz, is no, you can't. Unfortunately, if you don't have the looks, you might have had the surgery, but the, the looks are not there. I don't want to be sort of uh, rude about it, but you did ask the question. Uh, front page of The Observer today, the education, education chief fighting back in the battle with uh, Michael Gove over the schools. The new storm over May's child sex abuse inquiry. You can see me sitting here when I'm 190 and still doing it. Here's uh, Jeremy Clarkson, forced to flee Argentina after that number plate. Uh, he came in the other day with Mr Hammond. They have a DVD out at the moment. I have to be honest, again, Richard Hammond just makes me laugh all the time. Jeremy Clarkson. He was, he was really good. I got no end of people saying, can't stand Jeremy Clarkson. But it's funny, I mean, I, he was really good. You wait till you hear it on an, on an in-conversation. Tim Burton is going to be our guest uh, shortly. We're going to record him on Monday. He's got a new film out called Big Eyes, which I'm sure you will love. I did. I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Waging war on terrorism is the headline on the Sunday Telegraph. And uh, also, uh, the seven-year itch. Do you know, I'm, I've had no end of producers over the years um, who've, after seven years, their relationships split up. I don't know why. 
I don't know why. What is it with the seven-year itch? And all of a sudden, people cannot make a relationship last. They go, I was fed up with you before. I'm now even more fed up with you. And so people split up. Happens all the time. I've had about three or four producers. Got to seven years, and then things dramatically change. Uh, Noreen says, is Jackie the consumer expert still around? I've not heard of her for ages. Loved all the guests. It's pouring where she is. So in St Albans, it's pouring. So I'm a, I have a sneaking feeling. Although a friend of mine just texted me saying, oh, I've just woken up and looked out the window. It's not raining. So we're going for a walk. Dear baby Jesus, if you're listening, this is Uncle Stephen in London. Can you please make it rain in the next five minutes? <laughs> Trevor says, we got our hamster a seed and honey stick for Christmas. Greedy little thing, pouched the entire lot. Trouble is, it then set rock, set rock hard. <laughs> Actually, our hamster, we used to make it laugh. It used to be very funny because they, they just eat the food, eat the food, eat the food until they get it all puffed out in their cheeks. And then they sit there just looking a bit funny. Used to laugh, but they do. I think I think they think it's going to vanish. Uh, Jan, much love from everybody at the Queen's Theatre and the lovelies. A time today, I'm sure they will have a lovely time. And to you, Jan. we were talking about you last night. I was talking about you to a friend of mine, uh, to Lynn. Did you know there are three reasons, Steve? Says Lawrence, why a middle-aged man loses weight: an affair, a midlife crisis, or diabetes. Hello. That's what we're doing a children's program today. Just have a quick wave at everybody next door. It's like hello. They do that, children's presenters, don't they? They do that to babies in prams. Hello? Hello? Why are you talking like that to it? The kids lying there thinking, please don't. It's like the breastfeeding outside Claridge's, isn't it? I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat anything. I don't care if there's a photographer here. Uh, Lawrence says, unfortunately, I got diagnosed type 1 diabetic last week at the age of 52. He says, I've suddenly realised I'm at the start of a lifelong journey. Yes, you are. You'll manage it. Everybody manages it. Heavens above, I manage my diabetes. Uh, I've got the best Christmas jumper ever, says Monique, with flashing lights. Lovely. We'll be wearing it on uh, Christmas jumper day at work for charity. Can't wait, as I'll be off to Richmond Park shortly to support the Twickenham Rugby under-12s. Poor little souls, honestly. Bless them. That's it for today. Have yourself an extremely nice weekend. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 4am. Gosh, will it really be 4am? And uh, we'll, we'll have a chat then. You can download this programme. If you go to the LBC website, there is an app that you can download for free. And you can learn, if you go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk, all about podcasting. And it'll change your life. And if you're lucky enough to have one of those radios, you can listen to this programme just about everywhere. Have yourself a great day. Wrap up warm. It's going to be wet later, but for how long, we do not know. Coming up next... The two on the Saturday, on the Sunday morning, sorry. On the Sunday morning, we're going to make your day. Petri and Stig are here.